What's exciting about Christmas if you don't know the reason that we have Christmas? So we're going to look in today, and it's a kind of a different place for a, a Christmas sermon. And just to make you feel better, I wore a suit and I wore a jacket and tie today. I hope you enjoy it. It ain't going to happen very often, amen. It's just going to be one of those things. And you just remember these times when you're wanting a pastor with a tie on one of these days. You're like, I remember one day he wore that tie. I remember that day. Um, but why Jesus came is some an unbelievable importance to me and you. And, and the reason is simply this. If you want to know, it's you. And it's me. That's why Jesus came. He came for us. Unto us a child was born. Unto us a Savior is given. And what we're doing today is we're celebrating the fact that Jesus came to us. He came for us. And Christ coming to us is not a burden, but it is a blessing. And today, if Christmas has you burdened down and depressed and filled with anxiety, you're doing Christmas wrong. If it's getting on your nerves and, and causing headaches, you're not doing it the way you're supposed to be doing it because Christmas is supposed to be a blessing because of Christ coming to this earth for me and you. This is the most wonderful time of the year. And that's what it should be. It should bring us joy. joy. It should warm our hearts. It should not give us headaches and heartburn. Unless we ate too much turkey or, or ham or something of that nature. Um, that's not what it should be doing about it. It should be giving us joy unspeakable and, glory, and, and full of glory. But the problem with Christmas is a problem that we have absolutely every day of our lives. Have you ever discovered that none of us have enough time? No, we don't. I, I don't have enough time. Um, I know a lot of you all would, would, would be uh, much better Christians if you had more time. You know how I know that? You tell me that all the time. Now, I'd do this if I had more time. I, so I'd, you know, none of us have it to give at this moment. So we don't have enough time, and that causes it Christmas to be difficult. But not only that, um, we don't have enough money. They shared last night in the Christmas party some different things that they used to have in their kids. Uh, um, Sue Edwards um, said when she, was a, when she was a child, when they went to bed on Christmas Eve, um, the living room and everything was just empty. But her mom and dad would put the Christmas tree, decorate the Christmas tree, um, and put a present under the tree. And when she woke up Christmas Day, all the house would be decorated and the Christmas tree was up and her present was under the tree. And it was just one present. And they never expected anything more than that one, one present that you had. Already the kids were looking at me like, come on, man. One present? Really? I bet that's underwear. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it really, you'd have to take a shot at one present, right? Would be it'd be unbelievable that that's what we did today. People would be would revolt if that's what would happen. But you know what? Because of that, we put people in stress because none of us have enough money to buy everybody everything they ask for. Nobody has that, so we don't have enough time. We don't have enough money. And another problem with Christmas is this: there's someone that's not going to cooperate. 
There's a bah humbug somewhere in your life. You know what? I mean, there's a Scrooge in there somewhere that's just going to throw something in there that's going to ruin your Christmas. There's always somebody in the family that's having a bad day, that has a complaint, that don't like this and don't like that, and they're just going to be there. So there's always not enough money, there's never enough time, and there's always someone not going to cooperate. And that's why Christmas is stressful. People make it stressful. Not Christ, but me and you make it that way. But the first Christmas, let me tell you, was a stressful Christmas. If you want to hear about stress, rewind about 2,000 years in Nazareth, and I'll tell you about some stress. Um, one thing, the very first thing that happened, uh, God had been silent for 400 solid years, and all of a sudden, angels started showing up. And I know that you have a picture of an angel of being a really tall, um, blonde lady. But I've met a lot of really tall blonde ladies, and none of them scared me. Not one of them. Um, and none of them had to say, don't be afraid. But every single time an angel appeared, what did the first thing that angel have to say? Be not afraid. So I'm doubting there was a tall blonde lady involved in the situation. Something scared those people to death when they saw those angels, and he said, be not afraid so the very first thing happened where the angels were popping up everywhere telling of what was about ready to happen then we see that mary has gotten pregnant and joseph wants to put her away quietly and divorce her but then the lord comes and speaks to them now a law is given down by caesar that now they're going to have to leave nazareth and, and go to bethlehem for a for a census, so it's stressful in the pregnant um, place that you are in. I've never been pregnant, but I've been fat. You know what I'm saying? Um, is that close? You know, I don't know, but maybe. I have no idea. Um, and I know how hard it would be to ride a donkey for 70 miles. I've made the trip from, from Nazareth to, to, to Bethlehem in a bus, but I've never made it on a donkey. Um, and I know it would have been difficult at that time and highly stressful. And I, and I, and I know that it was an overwhelming experience for both Mary and, and Joseph at that time. But now they rushed and they got to, um, to Bethlehem and the place is packed. And they cannot find a room, not even at the budget motel. Thank God. They can't find a room any, anywhere. Um, and they end up having to stay in the barn. When, if you're a husband who's had a wife who's been through childbirth, um, there's things that your wife remembers during being pregnancy that she never forgets. My wife, at 3 o'clock in the morning one time, wanted a watermelon. And I told her, I said, I'll go get you a watermelon tomorrow. And she just looked at me. The next morning, I went and got my wife a watermelon and brought it to her. And she said, I don't want a watermelon. A couple hours ago, you did. Well, that was a couple hours ago. 27 years later, she still remembers that I didn't go get her a watermelon <laughs> at 3 o'clock in the morning. Let me share something with you. Mary probably remembered for a long time that she gave birth in a barn. 
probably did not forget it overnight. It was probably a, a, a thing that would never be forgotten at her life. Um, and she had to be staying in the barn. But the, according to my dad, I, I don't know if it is official or not, according to my dad, that gives Jesus the right to never close the door again. There's a couple of you on board this morning. Amen. We're right here. I, uh, and King Herod, above everything, is trying to kill this newborn baby. Now that is what we would call what? Stress. Holiday stress. So how can we deal with what we call stress today? I want you to fast forward from the story of Luke chapter 2, eight chapters to Luke chapter 10 today as we look at a story that's going to help us understand how to deal with holiday, holiday stress. Um, Jesus has started his ministry, and he came into a certain village, and in that certain village was a certain lady named Martha, and Martha is going to invite Jesus into her house. Read with me in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taking, taken away from her. Lord God, I'd ask today that as we hear your word that you will allow us to realize that we are being distracted and we're missing the good part. But Lord, I pray today that what we'll do is have a desire to receive the good part of sitting with you that will never, ever be taken away from us. Lord, may we hear from your word this morning. In Jesus' precious name we do pray. Amen. Today. We see that poor Martha, she understood what stress was. But I want to share something at the very beginning is this. Don't give Martha a hard time. Who invited Jesus into their home? Martha. Martha was doing absolutely everything good. She was on fire. She, she wanted to know Jesus. She wanted to be a part of of this. So do not think that Martha is a drug addict that's missing a point or, or some, some harlot that's swarping around or something of this nature. No, Martha is right on call where she's supposed to be doing what she is supposed to be doing. But she understood stress. She's rushing, rushing around trying to get absolutely everything perfectly ready. After all, Jesus is in her house as a guest. So she wanted absolutely everything to be 
right where it's supposed to be, as spotless as it possibly can be, and the food to taste exactly like she would want it to be tasted. She wanted everything to be perfect. That's what she, she wanted more than anything in this world. And what we're going to see today, that this sermon may offend more women than it does men, and I don't want it to be that way. Because um, what we want to be able to see is this, that we sometimes think we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, but we miss what we're really supposed to be doing. And it is something that we struggle with in our everyday spiritual lives. Mary and Martha, I mean, represents every person this morning who is so worked up about getting everything done that needs to be done so that everybody will enjoy Christmas. And everybody will have a good Christmas. Um, there are so many, and I don't want to say again, but there are most women and, and some men that are going to stay up at nights wondering if this is the right gift and that's going to work hard to get this clean and work hard to make this and, and work here and get this. And all they're orchestrating together so this Christmas is going to be enjoyable for absolutely everybody but <laughs> the one who has been slaving for the last three weeks. And this sermon is for, is for you. And what was happening to Martha? We see in verses 40 through 42, but Martha was distracted. And I believe that's a key word that we want to see there. Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said lord do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone let me share something with you right there you know what martha knew that jesus was who he said he was but martha needed some time to spend with jesus so that she could actually know Jesus better and know who Jesus is. What's a cute clue to you today that Martha really did not know Jesus as she should know Jesus? She asked Jesus if he cared. Do you not care for me? Do you not care that I'm doing all the work and everybody else is sitting down and doing nothing? Don't you care? Let me share something with you today. The good word tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6 that we should cast all our cares upon the Lord. How much is all of your cares? It's all of them. To cast all our cares upon the Lord. Why should we cast all our cares upon the Lord? Listen to this. For he cares for us. That's why we cast all our cares upon the Lord, because he does care. Martha needed to spend some time with Jesus, not serving him, not fixing food, not cleaning the house, not washing the dishes. Martha needed to be on her, on her, on her knees at
at the feet of Jesus learning that he cares. Where me and you need to be today is knowing more about Jesus, finding ourselves in the feet of Jesus, learning how much he loves for us, how much he loves us, how much he cared for us, and exactly what he's done for us. So me and you do not have to come to a place in our life where we ask the question, Lord, don't you care? Because we'll know. He cares. When, a, when it wills fall off our life, when troubles come, when we know the Lord, we don't have to ask him if he cares because we know he cares. Martha, instead of being busy serving, she needed to be busy at the feet of Jesus, learning who Jesus is. But she was distracted by all the things that had to be done. Notice what Jesus tells Martha in verse 42, only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better. What Martha had chosen was not bad. All the things that she was doing were good, but not all the things that she were doing, was doing was necessary. What you have planned right now that's overwhelming uh, is not bad. But are they necessary? Are they going to keep you from celebrating Jesus? For spending time at the feet of Jesus? Are they going to distract you from doing that what is important, that is needed to be with Jesus? Perhaps all the preparation we plan for are okay, but they're not necessary. The thing about Martha's predicament is that no one had assigned her all these duties. She was the one who had decided what had to be done. Why did she have to do all these things? Her culture had told her that's what she had to do. Her culture 2,000 years ago, when, uh, when she invited a guest into her house, that her culture said that that, that guest had to be served the best that they had had to be given absolutely everything, and you just could not sit down with them and enjoy their company. What you had to do was you had to be the one who cooked the bread. You had to be the one who made the food. You had to be the one who keep, kept everything clean. You had to be the one who kept on serving and bringing and bringing. So her culture told her that you cannot sit down and listen to Jesus because you got too many things to be doing. So she missed hearing from the Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. She missed the opportunity of a lifetime to sit down in, on her knees in the middle of her house and hear from Jesus because culture told her she had to do everything else. Listen to me this morning, please. Because we've always done it that way is not a good reason to do things. Just because that's how you were told that you had to do, that you had to be there, and that does not mean that's how it has to happen. You don't never want to miss that chance. You don't never want to miss that opportunity to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that's what we see here today is that just because we've always done it that way does not mean that's the way you have to, you have to do it. And the reason is this. We need to remember the reason for the season. The Bible says in verse 42, listen, but one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Jesus told Mary, there's only one thing that's needed. Only one thing that's needed. And that one thing was spending time with Jesus. Hearing 
from the Lord ourself. We must not get wrapped up in our preparation for Christmas that we no longer have time for Christ. Martha got so busy serving Jesus, she forgot to spend time with Jesus. It's a personal struggle that I have every day of my life. I spend a lot of time in God's Word. But my struggle is this. That the majority of time that I spend in, the, in God's Word, I spend thinking of a sermon to preach to you. And I read a scripture, and I, instead of sitting back and worshiping God for how good He is and how wonderful He is, I say, man, that'll make a great sermon. Let me write that down and figure out how I could preach that. That'll preach good. And what I do is I miss that time alone with the Lord where I just honor and praise Him for all that He's done because I'm trying to write a sermon. And I need to take time away from, from writing that sermon or, or doing this Bible study or, or whatever. And I need to just take time and just between me and God and be at His feet and allow Him to minister to me and fill me with His Word. And it's this constant struggle that I, I need to learn and constantly every single day to read God's Word and to worship Him between me and Him. And sometimes He does give me a sermon out of it. That's just bonus. But it's a constant thing that me and you, just because we're showing up at church does not mean we're sitting at the feet of Jesus. Just because we're teaching this class does not mean we're fit, sitting at the feet of Jesus. We need to take time out and understand that what we get to do is we get to serve the Lord, but also we get to worship the Lord in truth and spirit. It's not just that I come and do this and do this. It's that I come and hear from God and He changes my life forever. And Jesus, just like we say, I know it's, it's a bumper sticker and a picture and everybody has a shirt or, the, or whatever, but Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason why we're here today, to bring honor and glory to his holy, holy name. And just hear him say this morning, only one thing is needed. You know what? Jesus did not need uh, two fishes. Uh, Jesus did not need a, a loaf of bread at that time. Jesus didn't even need a cold drink uh, of water at that time. Jesus needed to share the good news to those young ladies at that time. And they were too busy. Martha was too busy to sit down and listen to that which was needed in your life. I know today you have a lot of things on your mind and you're thinking about this and you're thinking about that. But you know what? That stuff's not needed. What you need to think about this morning is this getting your life right in front of a holy God. Being right with God who, who sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross for us. Being right with a God who gave you a chance of everlasting life in His Son, Jesus Christ. But my question today is this. If we're not going to sit down at the feet of Jesus right now, when are you going to do it? You got a time frame out there, somebody? that says, you know what, I'm not going to do it right now, but I'm going to do it next year. 
or I'm going to do it next month, or I'm going to do it when I get through this difficulty, or when this problem's over, when this feeling is not here anymore. What, what are you waiting on to sit back down at the feet of Jesus? What, what's, supposed to go, what's going to come around in your life to get you to the place where you need to come and, and sit down at, at the feet of Jesus? In verse 38, we see, now it happened as this, they went and entered in a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Listen to what he's saying. He was in a certain village and a certain woman. You know who was on Jesus' heart when he walked in that certain village? You know who was on Jesus' heart when he walked in that house? It was a certain woman named Martha. You know what? When you walked in this house, his house today, there was somebody on his heart. In this certain building, in this certain house, there was a certain person that came in that was on the heart of Jesus. And it was you. And he wants you to, to answer that question. If you ain't going to come and sit at my feet right now, when are you going to come? When? Some people wait until, until the last minute. I don't know about you, and I, I, I want to move from preaching to the ladies for a minute to preaching to the men. You know how I love to do that. I have not even thought about buying one Christmas gift at this point in my life. I mean, I don't even know what day it is. I don't even know how long, how many more days we have until Christmas, but I've not bought one and even thought about who, what I'm going to buy at, at all. You know what most of you can say? Well, you don't even love the people that you have to buy gifts for. You know what? Shut up. I don't even like talking to you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I love them. I just don't like buying them gifts. You know what I'm saying? I, if they wanted something, they should have gotten it already. If they would have been good. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I don't even think about that. I, it, it'll come to me. I'll panic probably about June somewhere. I don't know. Um, but I, it'll be probably too late by the time we has gone. There was a preacher shopping in the store on Christmas Eve, um, and he shared a story. He said he, the guy was helping him, but everybody was coming and interfering with the, with the salesman as he was trying to help the preacher. And, and the, the employee looked at the preacher and said, I'm sorry about the wait. It seems that as if everyone wants to wait until the last minute. And the preacher laughed and said, I know what you mean. It's the same in my business. It's the same in my business that absolutely everybody wants to wait until the last second to give their life to Jesus Christ. But the only problem with that is there ain't nobody ever known when the last second's going to be. And we don't want to make the decision in our life. Martha, why in the world would you ever pass up an opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus in your house? We can wash dishes anytime, sweetie. And Jesus didn't come to get a loaf of bread, a fresh loaf of bread. He, he didn't come to be served, but he came to do what? To serve. And he's asking Mary and Martha to sit down at his feet and let him tell them about who he is. Jesus is tenderly today calling. He's calling for you to come unto him, all you are heavy laden and burdened, and he will give you your rest and the question is, if not now, when? How long are you going to wait? What else are you going to do? What's, what's holding you back? Why are you so busy? What's distracting you from coming to Jesus Christ today? 
If you don't have time to sit at the feet of Jesus now, when are you going to have time? Are you going to wait until you retire? Some of the busiest people I know are retired people. Are you going to wait until you're healthy? Are you going to wait until you're sick? When are you, what are you waiting on? When are you going to make time to sit at the feet of Jesus? Today is the best time in the world to come and sit down at the feet of Jesus. You know when it have been a good time for Martha to do it? Right then. She had that opportunity to sit down. And you know what the greatest news is today? You and I have that opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus today. To learn from him. To hear from him. And to have him change our lives. We need to do something different this Christmas. We need to make time for Jesus and our family. I've been your pastor now, as of last week, 10 years. You poor people. couple times a year I get to sit out in the congregation and I sit in different spots every every time I do that I I sat back where Ross sitting right now last week and I sat back there and and tried not to make a noise and didn't even sing really big and loud like I usually do and I just like to pay attention and see what's happening around me because I get to see what you get to see and hear like what you get to hear. And man, I got distracted in a lot of different ways. At the 8.30 service and 11 o'clock service, uh, um, I, I could hear, has anyone ever thought, if you're like in that entrepreneur mind, is you could invent a peppermint candy that didn't break decibels when you opened it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that didn't deafen people that was sitting beside of you when you opened up a piece of candy? Couldn't you make something a little bit better than that? Or like what I love is right when you almost know the preacher is getting ready to stop preaching and all the Bibles, zip, 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 zip. Can you imagine you're this close to giving your life to Jesus Christ? Man, you're right there and then you hear zip, 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 zip all over the whole entire church. Man, that's distracting, isn't it? And all the... Every, and all the stuff that's happening around them. When I, yes, last week there was a shadow there, and there was like a kid's head in the shadow or, or a man's head in the shadow. And I was like, whose head is that anyway? You know what I'm saying? And like his head's so big, and it's right in front of all the church. You know what I mean? Um, and my, I'm, I'm ADHD, so my mind wanders anyway. And listen, it is a miracle that someone sits in the world today and hears the word of God. Because we live in the most distracted society that has ever seen. We all have cell phones. And listen to me. I know that we got them. My phone went off about an hour ago. And, and, I, and I look down at my phone and it shows me how long I spent on my phone on an average this week. On Sunday morning, every Sunday morning it shows that to me. You know what that's showing us? that we're distracted that something else has gotten our attention and we're not sitting where we're supposed to be sitting we're spending time in the places that maybe we're not supposed to be spending time in and this whole world is distracting us everything around us is distracting us but you know what's so amazing is that the miracle is 
in the middle of all this distraction that there's people still hearing the word of God and trusting in the Lord. It's a miracle today that you've heard the gospel and you've believed in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's a miracle today if you have not yet believed that you're here today in this distracted place, in this distracted world, and filled with pain and hurt and sorrow, that you've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it would be a horrible shame that you do not respond to the gospel today and believe. Because God has prepared a way for you to hear the good news. That's the miracle of Christmas. That even, everybody says 2,000 years ago, even more than 2,000 years ago, 7,000 miles away, unto us a child was born. Unto us a son has been given. And today, here we are, knowing what Christ has done for us. What a beautiful blessing that even though there's distractions everywhere, there's shadows, there's noise, there's smells, there's mistakes, there's people, it's a miracle that you have ever heard the Word of God. It's a miracle that you've ever heard the good news of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But it is the Holy Spirit of God that allows you to hear this word in the middle of a distracting world. The devil, let me tell you this, does not want you to hear the good news of the gospel. The world does not want you to worship God today. The devil does not want you to sit at the feet of Jesus. The world does not want you to be at the feet of of Jesus. The world brings all the distractions that it can throw at us. The devil brings every distraction that could possibly be named on the face of the earth to keep us from looking and seeing the face of God. But God has given us a miracle that we have seen and that we have the opportunity this morning, just like Mary and just like Martha, to choose the good part. To choose the good part, which will not ever be taken away from us. That's what we get to do. And I'm so thankful that he allowed us to be able to understand it's not just a good part that you take, but you take that part and that can never, ever be taken away from you. When he touched you, <laughs> you're saved. When he has forgiven you, you're forgiven. Glory be to God. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ. He is Christ the Lord. I hope you know why Jesus came. Jesus came for you. And what would be keeping you today? What's distracting you from sitting at his feet and trusting in him? Don't let another day go by where you don't put your faith in the Lord. Last night at our Christmas party, Dr. Edwards, um, he read poetry to us. I've been doing this now for 20 years. And it never gets old sitting there with Dr. Edwards reading poetry. You know what? I've never had anybody read poetry to me and me pay attention. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I'm not very cultured. 
You can't tell, can you? But Dr. Edwards reads the poetry to us, and, um, and we sit there and listen to it. Last night, we had a whole entire room filled with people and kids. But he was, when he was reading poetry, you could, you could hear a pin drop listening to it. And he shared a story with us about a young man named Billy. Billy's 16, just turned 16 years old, and he has Down syndrome. And he's always wanted to be in the Christmas play at the church, but he never could find that spot that he could be into. And one of the ladies in the Christmas play figured out, you know what, we got a job for Billy. And they made him the innskeeper. And they said, you got one phrase that you have to say, and that's all you have to say. Can you handle it, Billy? And Billy said, yeah. Only thing he had to say was that Mary and Joseph was going to knock on the door. He was going to open the door, and they were going to say they needed a place. And the only thing Billy had to say was, there's no room. There's no room. And Billy studied and prepared and got ready for that, that day, and he was excited about that day. And at the play, at the church, it was packed house like it was here last week. And Mary and Joseph come up and knocked on the door, and Billy slung the door wide open. And they looked at Billy, and Billy looked at them, and they said, uh, you know what, we're in a bad spot. We've traveled all the way from Nazareth. My, my wife's about to give birth, and we need a place to stay. And Billy said what he was supposed to say. There's no room. Mary and Joseph, like they were supposed to do, just put their head down in disappointment and turned around and walked off. And Billy went to shut the door, and he stopped. And he yelled, but we'll figure something out. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to say that. But that's what he said. You know, in the heart of Billy was this. I know that I'm busy. And I know that I don't have time. And I don't have money. And man, things are not going the way it's supposed to be going right now. And I, man, it's just overwhelming. But I'll make it happen. Today, have that heart about who Jesus Christ is. This world has me and you so busy that we cannot even figure out our left hand from our right hand. But make it happen. You don't have time to do nothing? Make it happen. You don't have any money? Make it happen. Make time for Jesus Christ and come and sit. And come sit at his feet. And that will never, ever be taken away from you. Lord God, we'd ask that you would work in our hearts this morning. Lord, things of this Christmas can be taken away from us. The presents can be stolen. The tree could be taken, burnt, or whatever. But sitting at your feet, that'll never be taken away from us. And Lord, that's our desire, that what is needed. Change our hearts, Lord, this morning. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. This is our time to respond 
to Jesus. Just as the song says, he's softly and he's tenderly calling for you to come to him. Let's stand.